this is the COVID episode. <laughs> yeah, introducing our newest guess, host. Guess which one of us has COVID? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, but I have a randomly generated fantasy name today. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's a good one. Um, Okay, so my name today is Greg Hilton Hotbetter. Jesus (laughs) Greg Gilton. Greg Gilton is good. Greg Gilton. Hot better. I would would say hot's worse. Yeah. Hot is not better. This household stands a cold environment. Yeah. Well, that's the worst. No, anything over 20 degrees should be illegal. Anything below 20 degrees should be illegal. No. It's the only way to live. 15 degrees. 15 degrees is the best. You should be Greg Gilton hot better, honestly. I yeah. <laughs> this is how you can tell it's a fantasy name because I don't think hot better. Okay. <laughs> anyway, who are you guys? Well, my name's Sam, but today, instead of COVID Sam, you can call me a dare clawmaker. Whoa. Okay. Clawmaker. Clawmaker. Yeah. Wow. Like for uh, carnivals? Like the claw machine? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's funny you said that. I just saw on, I think it was somewhere that uh, VidCon had a human claw thing. Did you see that too, where you could go for Squishmallows? I just saw it like an hour before we recorded. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's so cool. This like one guy went down and he he was just a huge claw and he grabbed like 10 Squishmallows. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's amazing. Wait, so so the person is on like a... And like, like suspended oh yeah. my god <laughs> like the person right. is the claw it's it looks so cool i was Whoa. like oh i want to go that. to vidcon <laughs> <laughs> okay first we have to get famous for our podcast and then we start uh-huh. a youtube channel uh-huh. and then yeah, we can go to true. vidcon <laughs> yeah. yeah okay anyway uh diversions aside my name is hannah but for the purposes of today's podcast you can call me by my randomly generated fantasy name which is fake it, curse lady. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One more time. Uh, fake it, curse lady. Fake it. Oh, fake that it. laugh just made me cough. Do you, are your curses real? <laughs> uh, it depends on if they're on a sword or not. A real sword? <laughs> oh. We can't make this joke <laughs> two <laughs> episodes in a row. <laughs> Watch oh me. God. I feel like I'm like a fantasy drag queen. Yeah. Oh. It, it feels like the proper way to say this name is like fake it, curse lady. And like that seems like something a drag queen would do when walking on stage, maybe. Sure. I don't watch drag race, but I bet Sam. I bet there's one. <laughs> yeah, no, that that checks. I watch a lot of drag race. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I by osmosis watch yeah. some drag race. <laughs> well, that's your drag name instead of your fantasy name. Yeah, my drag name. Fake it, Chris yeah. Lady. Your dragon name. I love that. <laughs> the more we say it, the more I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Right? At yeah. first I was like, uh, and then, yeah, it grew on me. 
Yeah. Like yeah. a fungus. Well, while we're talking about drag guns. Drag guns. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that was a good segue. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the two chapters of Aragon we read this week. <laughs> oh, I just realized we probably shouldn't have made Sam just like read a whole chunk of text out loud for a long time, but that's okay. <laughs> Too late now. It's all right. Here How about you tell us what happened? Uh, yeah, I would love to talk about The Horns of Dilemma, which is chapter 49, which was a very fast-paced chapter. It, like, mm-hmm. actually kept me on uh-huh. the edge of my seat, which, as we all know, hasn't really <laughs> happened in this book yet. But anyways, we start with the big reveal again, which is that Murtog is Morzak's son, the same evil guy slain by Brahm and previous owner of the sword that Aragon now holds. Aragon and Sephira debate whether they can still trust him, well, Murtag Murtag argues they for sure can. The girls <laughs> are closing in on them, though, so they must continue fleeing and argue later. Uh, Sephira takes quite a beating, and all seems hopeless because the Varden entrance appears to be nowhere in sight until Sephira remembers that inside Arya's mind, they are actually on the wrong side of the lake, <laughs> and they must pass through the waterfall, which they do, and then they come face to face with a dwarf, and then another bald man in a purple and gold robe. Hey, I did it. Wow. Did it. You survived. I survived. So what about uh, the next chapter, Hannah? Well, in the next chapter, the title I have right here, uh, it's called <laughs> Hunting for Answers. Mm-hmm. The gang follows the bald man through tunnels within the mountain until they reach a large room where Baldi is going to magically sift through their minds to see if they're trustworthy. Before submitting to the examination, Aragon insists that Arya gets taken care of, and when she's taken away, presumably to a healer, he lets the bald guy into his mind. It is <laughs> painful. <laughs> But Sephira helps him endure the pain and to hide some of Aragon's memories from him. And once Aragon is reluctantly, for some reason, declared trustworthy, Murtag summarily refuses to be mind-probed and the three of them are locked in the room, their futures to be decided the next morning. Wow. Murtag finally tells his backstory about how he was raised in secret in the castle and sort of groomed to be part of Galbatorix's next generation of dragon riders until he realized the king was evil, at which point he escaped and eventually went to go follow the Razak in case they found a dragon. Aragon is conflicted <laughs> and confused about this and uh, falls asleep under Saphira's wing on the floor. Because <laughs> it's the end of the chapter. Into the next chapter. Because <laughs> it's the end of the chapter, yeah. Uh, and thus ends the run of not... <laughs> sleeping Uh, at the end of chapters wow we were doing so good (laughs) yeah that was like five six chapters in a row probably less four (laughs) i I was gonna guess five but like i i didn't count (laughs) well let's say five without checking back at all that sounds right to me yeah by that yeah five give or take two Plus minus. Plus minus, we have no idea. Confidence (laughs) interval. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, these were some, like, eventful chapters. Yeah, a lot happens. Yes. The first chapter has so much Sephira biology building. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit before, or I, I should clarify. (laughs) I've talked about this before. (laughs) 
<laughs> about how it's like birds of prey can either be like beak based or like claw based fighters, you know? And that's yeah. like what talons are. It's if you're more like claw based. And so we kind of get confirmation that Safira is more like a jaws and biting based predator because she like picks up a cull. I should have the word open in front of me when I say it because I never remember what it is. What are they? They're cull. Okay. Cull, yeah. Cull. Okay. I think you got it. You got it. I'm probably a cull. Right. Cull. What are they? Your confidence is even lower. Yeah. Even less here. Yeah. And she like picks one up and just like bites it apart, essentially. See, I thought that kind of went the opposite direction because she specifically grabs it with her claws and then like goes off to rip it apart with her jaws right but like the method of killing it yeah was still with her jaws okay which is sort of what you see in birds of prey okay like they usually all will grab with feet but some of them like use the feet to like pierce and murder that way yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's an interesting thing. She grabs the cull with her claws, flies away, and dismembers it, and then drops the pieces. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty hardcore. (laughs) So I guess cull, like, aren't an interesting meal, whereas the human in the previous chapter was. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She wanted to eat. (laughs) Yeah. But culls, no. I mean, they're probably full of, like, nasty oils and (laughs) and vinegar. Those, yeah those gross cull oils cull oils i just like i i can only see these as urukai and so like i'm imagining yeah. can you imagine if you had an urukai and a human and you're a dragon like i don't you're blame like, her that one's made of mud no thank yeah. you <laughs> that one looks gross that one's gross. <laughs> gross that one smells like it's already gone bad <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could also be that because she's in, like, the heat of battle, she doesn't want to divert any of her energy to digestion. Yeah. Which is, like, a thing that happens. Yeah, I've heard digestion is, like, a little bit energetically expensive. (laughs) Uh Some would say that. Some Some would say say it's quite difficult for some people. (laughs) (laughs) Or dragons. We'll just move on from gently roasting me. Uh, (laughs) Safira once again has smoke streaming from her nostrils, even though, again, I'm pretty sure she still hasn't breathed fire at this point. Yeah. No, she hasn't. Could it be like Leading up to it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because isn't that like a main theme in Rosaria Munda's books, Fireborn? Yeah. Like they smoke first and then when they start breathing fire... Fiver, fire it's like their Fiber. dragon puberty kind of yeah Fiber. which is interesting because we've gotten to the point where i unless we're all remembering incorrectly Safira should be like sexually mature at this age yeah and it oh, is in, so. it would be interesting for like a developmental feature like that to not exist during like sexual maturity i that was a roundabout way of saying that i feel like <laughs> Dragon puberty, if she's sexually mature, should she not be able to breathe fire? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's maybe like that comes later. holding back because it would draw attention to them. Like if she did all of a sudden like breathe fire and start a forest fire or something. Maybe. I mean, they're already being attacked by an army. I feel like yeah. attention is drawn. 
Wouldn't she just burn them all? Like, that yeah, I feel like if she could breathe fire, she probably would be. Yeah, that's a good point. But maybe she just doesn't know how. Like, it's maybe. not like she has anyone to teach her. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe it's either something that they need to be taught, or like maybe it's a thing where it's going to be one of those things that in books where it's like, oh, it's unlocked under extreme distress, yeah. you know, like like if Aragon's about to die. Yeah. For but sure. then I feel like this scene would have been a yeah. good time to do that. It would That's have. That's what I was just going to say. I was like, this whole entire chapter would have been a real great time for that to show up. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's more like uh, fish. Let me mm-hmm. explain. Those, those fire-breathing yeah, like, fish we yeah, all know. The, the fire-breathing fish that I Let me know. explain. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, I'm waiting. Yes. <laughs> Fish will reach sexual maturity at a size, not an age, and they will grow at different rates depending on their environmental conditions. So if you're in, like, ideal conditions, a fish might hit sexual maturity at, like, I don't know, six months. But if they're in less than ideal conditions, it might take them longer to get to, like, the same stage of development. Sure. So it could be that, like, maybe Safira has to be a certain size before she's able to breathe fire. Bigger than a 747. It has to be bigger than 2.5 giraffes. (laughs) She's so big already. She's already huge, but we do know that dragons can get so big they look like small mountains. Yeah. Well, and I think a common dragon thing, at least this is what they did in Game of Thrones, is that unless you restrict their space, a dragon will just like continue to grow. Like it'll never stop. Like a koi, (laughs) which is incorrect. Oh. Yeah, unless you <laughs> abuse your animals. <laughs> yeah. You oh, know what's funny yeah. is that for something we can talk about in a minute, I was looking up if there were any think pieces out there of people who had already been like, how could dragons fly? You know? Oh. And uh, I found a couple that were specifically about the Game of Thrones dragons. Okay. And the point I'm going to bring up right now is that apparently the Game of Thrones dragons were also the size of a 747. Yeah, they were huge. Yeah. Like, they were ginormous. But that's what I was saying, because one of the main things they bring up, because at one point, Daenerys puts two of them in, like, an underground prison to keep them from, like, killing the children in the area that she's at. But the one that wasn't put away, like, he ran away and was, like, basically free. And then when a certain amount of time had passed, the one who wasn't put away was, like, much bigger than the other two and then there was the concept that yeah it's like if you restrict their growth like if you put them in a cage they'll stop growing but if you just let them roam free like they'll basically just keep growing to be ginormous so yeah 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 that seems to be a pretty common vibe like in the in the um tomorrow pierce series no (laughs) shockingly In the tomorrow, actually, that one does it too. Now that you mention it, (laughs) I guess I'll talk about it. No, both Tamora Pierce and Mercedes Lackey actually do a similar thing where it's like, oh, they never actually stop growing. Like they slow down, but they don't stop. Yeah, Yeah. you know, which is like, is that a reptile thing? I feel like reptiles max out. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe the maximum size is just so big. It is like a lobster thing, and a lot of invertebrates, I think, can just kind of keep going. Yeah. Yeah, because usually it's like they could realistically keep going, but it, there's like something that stops them. Usually they're eaten, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Usually. Yeah, well, and with lobsters, it's like an energetic thing. Yeah. <laughs> is, I is swear. It, is it uh, energetically expensive? It gets too energetically expensive for them to be able to molt. They like can't okay. 
Sure. Once they get to a certain size, they can't get enough energy to like successfully molt out of their current size into the larger one. Yeah. Right. But theoretically, with like the proper conditions, they could be able to do it. Yeah. I wonder if it's also, again, not consistent with Zephyr being the size of a 747, <laughs> but I wonder if her growth has been kind of stunted because she's been on the run for her whole life and probably Ooh. like operating kind of at the edge of her energetic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> yeah, like we've talked about that. how she's just strong enough to carry herself as indicated by the fact that when she has to carry three people, even if she yeah. is that big, like she really struggles with it. Yeah. And her entire existence so far has been like on the move, constantly flying all day, every day. She probably That's isn't true. getting as much time to hunt. She's probably like using more of her calories than can be dedicated specifically to her growth. Yeah. Her energy is being sent to the somatic growth instead of the gonadal growth. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So she's not sexually mature she's yet. Not Although sexually mature yet. She so did her tiny nads. <laughs> With her tiny <laughs> legs. Um, <laughs> oh my god! No, but she, but she knew that Aragon was in love, even when Aragon didn't. So she has to be. Um, I, yeah, children have no concept of love and definitely don't get married to each other in kindergarten. We all know this. Yeah, <laughs> extremely true. Yep. They, de- I would argue, I'm not sure they know about it in other people. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I was aware of everybody else getting married in kindergarten, even though nobody in kindergarten married me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, I like, I like the conclusion that we made that she is diverting her growth to bodily yes. growth, so somatic growth, than compared yeah. to anything that would involve sexual maturity, gonadal growth, which is a yeah. very common strategy in the animal world when like there fish? isn't enough resource. <laughs> I was gonna say sea urchins, but <laughs> uh-huh. mostly because this is my entire master thesis was based on this entire concept of somatic growth versus gonadal growth. So great point. I'm a little, I'm a little excited, but uh... so what you're saying is my <laughs> analogy that Saphira is like a fish is totally good. Yeah, and holds up to all sorts of scrutiny. It didn't actually need any clarification. We could probably just cut off after the part you say where she's like a fish. She's like a fish. She's and like cut a everything fish else and Also, it. like a compass. Like a pencil compass. Like a pencil compass. And bowling for some reason. <laughs> yeah, bowling pin, you know, Sophia's like a bowling pin. Anyway, uh, she goes swimming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And becomes an like ambush predator in the lake. Yeah, like yeah. a fish. Like Speaking a fish. Of fish. Damn it. That would have been a good segue. <laughs> like a <laughs> Like a exactly like a like Nessie, a perhaps. Oh yeah. Not a not a breaking dawn Nessie, like a lock Nessie. Oh <laughs> lock Nessie. Yeah, she like acts a lot like a crocodilian when she's yes. in the water. Again. Which is fine. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think dragons are descended from crocodilians? It would explain uh, the low frequency rumbling that I assume that they have. And the hissing, which she does hissing. in this yeah. scene. Yeah. And she both bellows and hisses in this yeah. scene. Yeah. And then oh, she wait, beats the water with her tail, which is yeah. another thing. Oh, yeah. That yeah. They do. And she, the smoke, you know, we all know like crocodilians <laughs> <Billy>. breathe smoke. <laughs> yes. Crocodilians are all addicted to nicotine. Nobody really talks about it, but it's a big problem. But it's true. They're all smokers. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's why they have such low gravelly. Yeah. I legit can't tell if you're serious because of like the Florida water pollution and the levels of nicotine in it. Yeah. Um, The problem is, is it could be true, which is unfortunate. That's why. That's why I'm like. That's sad. You could, you could actually be serious right now, because, like, based off, I don't know, the smoking rate in Florida and nicotine levels in the water, like... <laughs> we should maybe. submit an article to The Onion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, like, crocodilians, uh-huh. Sephira is covered in osteoderms. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because, so, there's, like, there's a part where uh, everyone tries to shoot Aragon with arrows, and they all miss somehow, <laughs> so Safira like jumps in front of them with her armored sides shielding them mm-hmm. and then after that she like flies a little bit and the arrows also bounce off of her belly yeah so yeah. this implies that she's got like protective scales there yeah which like I don't think normal lizard scales will protect you from like an arrow that can punch through no armor no but don't no. forget Sophia is genetically modified for war exactly <laughs> that's true she's that's genetically modified war machine <laughs> but yeah so now i'm imagining her like because like crocodilians have osteoderms which is essentially like bony plates under your skin so it's not necessarily like hmm. scales interesting it's like bony plates that grow in your skin so now I'm imagining Sephira like a flying ankylosaur. Oh, with like, yeah. Yeah, that, you know. Is that, is that spiky tail guy? Yeah, those are the club tail ones. The club tail ones, yeah. The spiky one is a stegosaur. No, I meant the I meant the club tail one, sorry. That's okay, what yeah. I meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah the club tailed ones, because they're like fully covered in osteoderms. And the so way you that's remember how... which one that is, is they're the ones that break your ankles with their club. <laughs> I mean, you're that's not wrong. Smart. I assume I assume that's the mnemonic everyone uses, right? Yeah, the anyway. rom the rom had an exhibit of a like I think it was an allosaur that they found the bones that had a broken shin that had started oh. to heal, and it was a hundred percent from an ankylosaur. Whoa. Pretty cool. Would you say they had broken calves? Huh? That's relevant to this chapter. We'll get there. Uh, Let's continue talking about Sophia (laughs) for now. Yeah, that went right over my head. No idea. Well, you guys clearly aren't students of the ancient language like I am. Okay. (laughs) I will say with confidence, they did have broken calves. (laughs) So you can make your segue later. (laughs) I will keep that in my back pocket. Actually, that was all the Sophia stuff I had. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, then yeah, I'm gonna segue now, actually. Yeah, do because it. is in this, like, epic battle with the Urgles, which is actually very fantastic. And Aragon's contribution is to do magic, and he says, Gierda, they're a Kelphus, and we know that Gierda <laughs> oh, no. means break. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and it turns out oh. they're a Kelphus means they're calves. <laughs> wow! Snaps all of their legs with magic. Whoa! Wait, is that actually what happens? That's actually what happens, yeah. That I literally skipped head. that sentence. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that like went right over my head. I was like, okay, it's been magic. <laughs> I went to go find it and I was like, no, I definitely read 
him say that. And then I read the part that's like sharp cracks resounded off the cliff. And I was like, oh, he broke a bunch of the cliff off onto that's, them. Yeah. And that's then I, I skipped to the next chapter, <laughs> the next uh, paragraph. You skipped the part where 20 of the chugging Urgles fell howling and clutching their legs where yep. shards of bone protruded. Yep. Wait, Didn't that was that sentence. Me neither. <laughs> My God, you guys. I love how we both did this. <laughs> this shows exactly how Sam and I skip read. Oh my god, you're the worst. Okay, I'm not usually this I'm not usually this bad when I'm like doing the podcast, but I think yeah, because neither. it was like the magic word and we all know how bad I am at pronouncing mm. those things, <laughs> that my brain was just like, okay, he did magic and then the cliff fell, so I was like, "Oh, okay, yep. that's that's what it was." Wow. Yep. That's I mean, brutal. Sam has an excuse because she's ill, but Thank you. Sophie. I have an excuse because <laughs> I skip read all the time. Oh my god. Okay, uh, I'm this again, not this usually while I'm doing the podcast, but that's fun. <laughs> okay, but Aragorn like doing that goes back to the whole grain of salt in the stomach thing. Like that's just like a, a brutal way to yeah. to hurt people. Like, why is he mad at fing Murtag? <laughs> well, because Urgles aren't people. Uh <laughs> But also, like, if you're gonna do that, why break their legs and not their necks? Yeah, because it would be well, both more it. effective, and you'd only have to break one neck per urgle. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and too. but also, is it like it goes on the whole question of what's like a more moral thing? You're gonna break their calves, leave them there suffering, unable to walk, yeah. or just, just well, and he drops neck. them into the lake. Yeah, so they're, they're gonna drown. I get that he's like, I can't kill the whole Batman theme, whatever. But that's like but what like, he did is almost worse. <laughs> oh, for sure. Ugh. I think he specifically objected to killing someone who wasn't actively True. fighting him. Yeah, but the still whole honor thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's still killing a guy. Still brutal. Yeah, there was a lot of language in this chapter. Again, I know that at this point in the series, all we know about the Urgles is they're like these brutal savages who only fight people but there's just like a lot of very dehumanizing language that makes me uncomfortable yep <laughs> yeah there's a lot the um note i had for this specific scene was lol ergle gurgle <laughs> sophie <laughs> because, wow okay because <laughs> oh my god <laughs> because Murtag throws his sword at an Urgle Jesus. and it gives a strangled gurgle <laughs> oh, I can't take you anywhere <laughs> so I was <laughs> clearly deep in thought while I was reading this chapter yeah 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 well did you also did you also get stuck on the uh, the description that the call are as tall as a yep. small giant yep Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Are there giants in this world? <laughs> it's like, what is a small? Is that like the boulder, the size, or the large boulder, yeah. the size of a small the size boulder? Of the small like, boulder. Yeah. What yeah, is yeah, a yeah, small yeah. giant? Is it what just is a small giant? A tall man? <laughs> like, yeah, this is like where when Aragon just casually was like, mm, it's like the sea serpents seen out in the ocean. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so are there sea serpents? <laughs> it's like, what? And now it's like, giants? are there giants? <laughs> And how big are they if an eight-foot yeah. Urgle is a small giant? Is a small giant. Like, they can't really be that giant if an eight-foot Urgle is a small one, right? Well, actually. Oh. oh. 
<laughs> I so no, I didn't look up how big giants are, but oh. I did look up the because obviously in our Earth Prime, <laughs> in the Prime Material Plane, uh huh, yes, here. Well, people believed in giants for a long time, spanning multiple cultures, lots of mythologies, and they were usually based on people finding elephant femurs. Ah. Because elephant femurs look a lot like human femurs, weirdly enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I thought maybe in this case, rather than them actually existing, it's a case of them finding fossilized, like, mammoth bones the way we did and thinking there were giants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which means a giant would only really be twice as tall as an elephant, you know? That's all. If you think just, about it. If you think that. about it. But that would mean, like, if a giant was twice as tall as an elephant and you encountered an eight-foot-tall cull, you wouldn't be like, mmm, a small, small giant. You'd be like, wow, a big Urgle. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, I think you would be a small giant. <laughs> mm, agree to disagree. <laughs> I personally... <laughs> Would look at an eight foot tall person and be like, wow, a small giant. <laughs> I would just be like, wow, a giant person. <laughs> no. But, you know, that's just me. Maybe this is the difference between the fact that I'm 5'5 five five and you're like eight feet tall already. <laughs> yeah, that's me, eight feet tall. <laughs> I just look at everybody and I'm like, wow, a small giant. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember one time I had to take over an aquarium tank that Hannah had been taking care of since the dawn of time. And I went in to go like reach a valve. And I was just like, nobody on the earth can reach this valve. <laughs> There's no step stool, nothing. I cannot reach it. And I remember texting Hannah being like, the f-? And you were like, you can't reach that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I am but a baby child. <laughs> I think to get to the second one, to be fair, I had to climb on the sump a little bit. Just but normal things. <laughs> Just normal things. Just normal work things. Anyway. anyway yeah. <laughs> a small giant. giant. Just like Hannah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to lost. completely change the subject because we've Wait. gone off the rails. We've gone on three tangents off of each other. <laughs> I had trouble picturing one of these scenes and I'm hoping maybe you guys can help me parse it out. Aragon and or Aragon is running on foot and leading Snowfire, who is carrying Arya and like Murtag is riding his horse along with them. Mm-hmm. So they're all like running along. The horses are tired, I guess, so they're going slow enough that Aragon and Sephira can keep up with them on foot. Aragon's like running alongside the horse. And then it says he as they're like running along the side of this river. Aragon concentrated on going faster, but a rock gave under his boot and he pitched forward. Murtag's strong arm kept him on his feet, and clasping each other's forearms, they urged the horses forward with shouts. Like, is Aragon still walking next to Murtag on a horse and they're holding hands? And. <laughs> how, like, how small is Murtag's horse if they can do that and still, like, effectively move? I don't- I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, I thought Murtag was also on the ground, but... When did he get off his horse? To help him up? 
No, weren't they walking them because it was less energy if they weren't on them? So they were, like, walking beside them to give the horses a break? Were they? Oh, yeah, okay. I just went back to the last chapter and Murtag got off his horse and was driving them before him into the forest. That's what like, I thought. Okay, that makes it make way more sense. <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> understand what's happening. Murtag has an eight foot long arm. That's what you That's don't know. Murtag has an arm the size of a small giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. And also, this is definitely not a romance novel. Mm-hmm. And you can tell... Uh, because of the way Murtag rips out his clothes with a desperate air, tearing off his tunic and shirt to bare his torso, which uh, is, as Aragon observes, tanned and muscled skin. And uh-huh. then also, you you also know this because Aragon definitely doesn't comment on how strong Murtag's arms are as they're holding <laughs> hands running through the river. <laughs> yeah. I called <laughs> like, it. It's like, fine. I called it. You did call it, and I was skeptical, but you were so right. Yeah. We stand a bisexual lead. Yeah. No, but, oh, it's not the second book, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, like, halfway through the first book, though, so, like, maybe it still counts. I don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast. We have a theory of the book yeah. two bisexual. Every trilogy has a bisexual character introduced in book two. Yeah, I think we've allowed that it can be a character that's introduced in book one, but it's not revealed that they're bisexual Uh, until book two. Yes. Uh But normally the reveal, they do show up in the second book, though. But I'd be willing to make an exception here. Yeah, I mean, he was like the second half of book one bisexual. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Well, it hasn't been revealed yet. They haven't explicitly told us, so... I mean, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> sure it's going to be true. As our resident yeah. romance expert, I'm just <laughs> saying. It's happening already. I've read romance books with less description before, so. Yeah, oh my god. Not saying uh, that there's something, but there's something. Like, this book is clearly narrated from Aragon's perspective, and Aragon notices a lot about Murtag. <laughs> a lot. Listen, does he want to be him or does he want to be with him? The, uh, the bisexual question. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, yeah, and then they get caught by a cool wizard and go into the mines of Moria. And the dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the dwarf. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a dwarf. There's a tiny, very hairy dwarf and a very tall, very hairless man. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I, and yep. you know the man's a wizard because he's wearing a purple and gold robe. Yep. And he's bald. <laughs> Which, like, and he's bald. Oh, but like, how do you get purple and gold robes in a fucking refugee rebel camp? <laughs> um, he's a wizard. Magic. He's a wizard. Magic. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> Duh. He turned Magique. a normal robe <laughs> into a purple and gold one. Yeah. Or it's you just know, illusion like magic, and so everyone sees it as purple and gold, but really it's just a drab brown. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. I mean, of course it would be purple. Like, I feel like it tells you so much about this guy that he wears a purple and gold robe. He clearly thinks he's like the hottest of shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's I wear the colors of, of royalty. Yeah. Oh my God. Even, even before starting the next chapter, I was like, mm, I'm going to hate this guy. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed in the second chapter. He sucks. Yep. 
He it's sucks. Yeah, speaking of the cha- second chapter, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks so bad. He, like, is overly officious and, like, doesn't let Aragon... Like, Aragon says, someone's injured, we need, a he- we need a healer. And this guy is like, silence, do not speak until you have been tested. And the dwarf is basically like, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, actually... Actually, let's get actually, this elf to a healer. That's an elf, yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, that's specifically Aria. We know her. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. cool. Yeah, this guy is a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> hate really. him. Yeah, I. It's always like you always have to have one. You know, whatever the hero is good at or is like learning to do, you always have to have someone who is like also doing that thing. But, like, is a terrible person to show how, like, humble yeah. and cool Aragon is. So you have this magic user, this wizard man, who's like, mm-hmm. mm, I'm a piece of shit. I can do magic. And it's like, <laughs> well, now we know that Aragon's better as a person. Because <laughs> uh-huh. this guy's terrible. He's so bad. He, like, specifically tries to hurt Aragon whilst rifling through his memories. Yeah. And then when it turns out that like Aragon is trustworthy and then later that Murtag can't use magic and therefore is not a threat, he's upset about it. He like yeah. wants Aragon and Murtag to yeah. be executed, I guess. Yeah. Why would you I I assume it's going to be revealed he's like corrupt or whatever and yeah, he probably. wants to keep power for himself and a rider arriving removes some of his power. But like why would you want a rider to be evil? <laughs> yeah. You know? like, like, are you going to fight Galbatorix, Mr. Yeah. Baldwin? Like, I don't think so. Aragorn is, is going to do goal? it. He probably thinks that he's like all high and mighty and strong enough. And he's like the nation's salvation. Yeah, so he's yeah, like, probably. we don't need no riders. I'm, I'm the best you're ever going to have. Or maybe yeah. he's one of those people who like wants to keep the war ongoing. Yeah. So that he remains in power, you know? Yeah, yeah probably. Just yeah. a shitty guy. Just a terrible person. And I thought his name was Igraz Karn. And I was like, huh, an odd name. So I looked it up in the Aragon. Sorry. I thought that because the dwarf Auric calls him that. Yeah. According to the Aragon glossary, Igraz Karn is dwarvish for a bald one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, I don't that. think we get his name. No, it's interesting to introduce a nickname without a translation in a different language before the character's name. Yeah. Because, like, the only reason I thought to look that up is, like, I vaguely remember this guy. And I was like, I feel like that's not what his name was. And I was like, so what is this? And so I, like, looked it up. But otherwise, I would have just assumed this was some guy named Egras. Yeah, because I feel like there's, like, this unwritten rule of, like, when you say something like Igras Karn, which is like in your other fantasy language, you would like italicize it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm, this is in a different language. And you can tell because it's in italics. <laughs> in italics. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe he can't do that because in this book, mental speak is in italics. Yeah, that makes sense. But still, like, it's a very common convention and it would have made it clear that this was like saying something in a different language yeah and like it's capitalized so it looks like a name yeah the capitalization also is messing me up yeah i was trying to think like oh well maybe he could have changed what like mental speak was 
then I remembered that <sighs> Mercedes Lackey. Mercedes Lackey? Uh, Her mental yeah. speak, she does like colons around oh. them. And it was really weird when you like first start reading. Yeah. And then you like get used to it. But it's like definitely like not something most people do. <laughs> yeah. Or like anamorphs. Their mental speak had the pointy bracket. Not the pointy brackets, but the pointy guys, you know, yeah. that you use for greater, like greater than, or less, than, than. less than. Yeah. The Those alligator mouths. Or the French ones. Yeah. Well, French uses two, don't they? Right. And you mean the greater than or less than sign? Is there a name for those? Anyway, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just shocked that you even remember that. I could not tell you what the inside of an Amnomorphs book looks like. Listen. <laughs> anyway, it would have been clearer if Christopher Paolini had done anything to delineate that this was a different language. Just add some like accents on some of the vowels. Yeah. Keep it lowercase, you know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just italicize it and then unitalicize it if he's saying them in brain speak like everyone yeah, yeah, else yeah. does. Every, you know, everyone. You know, everyone yeah. when they you know do everyone? their brain speak. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool that Safira can like protect Aragon. Yeah. During this stuff, which implies yeah. that she has like an imperceptible power, you know, like that this guy wouldn't know that Safira was hiding stuff from him. Yeah, it raises several possibilities and doesn't really explain which one it could be. Yeah, because the guy doesn't even, like, react. No. He sort of, like, very rudely shuffles through all of Aragon's memories that he can access very slowly and painfully. Yes. <laughs> I think it's described as claws through his mind. That's rude And just, like, yeah, it doesn't react that Sephira has, like, hidden some stuff. Yeah, so I wonder if, like... Severa, Safira? Safira is using <laughs> her own magic to mm-hmm. hide the fact that she's in Aragon's mind, or like maybe her mind is so different from a human's that this guy can't tell that she's in there at all and yeah. just like thinks there's something weird going on. Or maybe because uh, I like mind melding magic, uh, mm-hmm. we know this, it's like maybe she's sort of like taking Aragon's memories. And just, like, keeping them to herself, and then she gives them back when this guy is done. Yeah. Transactional, almost. It's weird, because it kind of feels like the way he's looking at stuff is, like, he's pressing fast forward, you know, like, on a movie. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just going through Aragon's life. And so, in theory, there should be, like, oh, and then there's a weird gap where Uh Murtag said that he was the son of Morzan. Yeah, it's interesting that he doesn't notice that there are things missing. Yeah. Although we don't know what he's looking for. Yeah. He does spend a lot of time looking at Aragon's memories of his mother, the Razak, and the Shade. Which yeah. don't seem to be connected. <laughs> yeah. Yet. His mother is probably the one that we're going to get a reveal about. Yeah. Someday soon, hopefully. Such as his mother, Selena. Yeah. They like, make a point to mention her name every time she comes up. I'm sure that's not important. Yeah, which is, like, also weird because wouldn't Aragon not really have memories of his mother? Because she left, like, right after he was born. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, so is it, I'm assuming maybe he's lingering on memories of, like, Garrow telling him about his mother. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I wonder if he can access the times that, like, Aragon just thought about her. Yeah, maybe. So basically after this guy f- around in Aragon's head... 
he decides that Aragon is dot 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 not your enemy. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. okay, maybe be a little more excited yeah. about the fact that the first dragon rider in a century isn't in cahoots with Galbatorix. Right. This man has ulterior motives. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, like no question about it. Yeah, yeah, this chapter really lays it on thick and being like, here yeah. are two new characters. This one is bad, and this one, the dwarf, is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the dwarf, whose name is Auric, is, like, super chill. <laughs> he's yeah, he's great. He's the one who steps in to make sure Arya goes to get help, and then he, like, is like, listen, you can stop f***ing with them now. <laughs> they bring up, like... Someone named oh Adjahad, who oh, I yeah. guess is the one actually in charge, He's at the least king, here. Isn't yeah, he? the dwarf king. Yeah, or was that my COVID brain? I was like, I thought no, there was yeah, a yeah, second yeah. king being mentioned. Yeah, they mention Ajahad and they mention the king, and they don't specify if those are the same person or not <laughs> right okay my covid brain definitely thought they were the same person oh i had to go I... and double check because i couldn't tell okay. but i okay i think they're the same i can't tell oh, i okay. like i then remembered but from the text i couldn't so okay they stop that i don't yep. think they are <laughs> but i guess we shall see i well, guess I'm, we I'm, shall see yeah i'm not 100 percent sure uh, but yeah, so like this guy isn't even in charge. <laughs> no. Like Goldie. I get the sense that because it's a mix of humans and dwarves that like rescue them and then are in this room with them. And mm-hmm. the wizard guy is human. And then the cool dwarf is Auric. And it feels mm-hmm. like there is some tension <laughs> between yeah. the two peoples. <laughs> yep. I'm getting yep. that. At least between these two individuals, there's yeah, true. tension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume they're acting as proxies for, like, the Varden and the dwarves. Yeah, like, I sort of assume that the dwarves have allowed the Varden into this stronghold, which, since it's underground, I assume is a dwarf yeah. place. And so maybe that's where... You know what? We don't even know if the tension is <laughs> anywhere else other than between these two guys. That's true. Again, not a romance novel. Not a romance novel. Uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> it might be. Uh. Oric keeps bringing up Ajahad. I had to listen to the pronunciation yeah, okay. twice before this because I always pronounced it as Zihad, and that's not correct. I like cool, Zihad yeah. better. <laughs> Me too, but I was also like 12 when I came up with that. Uh, yeah, Ajahad. He seems to be the person in charge. Yeah. Presumably he is the king. Or yeah. he is friends with the king. Yeah, and he can also do magic because Yeah. Or not Oric, the wizard Baldi. guy can mentally talk to him. Yeah. It seems like it takes him a lot of effort to do yeah. so, which is kind of appealing to me a petty person yeah (laughs) like oh he's not that good at magic it's like oh wow look how hard he has to try to mentally talk to ajahad yeah and aragon and saphir are just like (laughs) with whoever we feel like that's what it sounds like when they talk to each other they're shared internal monologues they're loving it um (laughs) 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 
Uh, yeah, and because they don't let this bald man read Murtag's brain, they have to stay in this cave <laughs> for the yep. night. Yeah, Murtag is like, no, you can't get into my head. You already decided Aragon is trustworthy, so you can't threaten to kill him to get me to yeah. cooperate. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, what if I threaten you? And Murtag is like... Whatever. <laughs> <Do it. laughs> like, yeah, I dare you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, persuasive. <laughs> yeah. And then the dwarf is like, well, he can't do magic, so like, why does it matter? And the rest of us are like, Murtag has killed... Several magic users already. Yeah. (laughs) Including the shade, maybe. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But like Murtag manages to fight this guy off in his brain. Yeah. Like he apparently can't do magic, but he has enough brain training, I guess from growing up as Marzan's son, presumably, to like repel this magician. So like good for him. Yeah. We already knew that Murtag had a an iron will. Yeah, because cause Aragon tried to get into his head one time, right? And was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, and he was locked down tight. I like the idea that you can, like, make a wall around your brain that no one mm-hmm. can get into. But I've also read, like, mind-reading books where you can also just, like, think about nothing or think about something really annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I I personally feel like that would have been more fun. Murtag just like is really good at singing like the most annoying song you know. Murtag in was his singing head. Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On repeat. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, he's singing Baby Dragon again. <laughs> oh my god. I hate that song. <laughs> I won't get anything out of this guy. God damn it. His it's brain is impenetrable. <laughs> His will is so strong, and Murtag's just, like, vibing. Yeah. Yeah, I went for a walk the other day, and I was like, I'm gonna just, like, see what happens if I don't listen to anything. I'm just gonna, you know, take in the birds and the traffic. That's bold of you. Yeah, I don't usually do that, and part of the reason is for my entire 30-minute walk, my brain was looping, not the whole song, but just the line... Toss a coin to your witcher. Over <laughs> and over and over. And I was like, yep. shut up. Oh, Valley of <laughs> Damn it. Did you even watch The Witcher? I did. Okay. And like, I I have that song on the, like, playlist of songs that YouTube thinks I want to listen to repeatedly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I had listened to it, I think, the day before. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. I don't really care for the show, so I'm like, I don't even like this show. Like, get out of my head. <laughs> Why? Why? Anyway, nobody would have been able to read my mind because brain yeah. empty, only Witcher. No, no thoughts, just Witcher vibes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, anyway, before Sam dies. Please. Of overheating. <laughs> so yeah, then Morzan shares his tragic Morzan. What the f- Murtag shares his tragic backstory. I mean, Morzan is involved in that. Morzan is involved with it. But yeah, Murtag shares his tragic backstory to make sure we know he's a sad boy. Now you know why I like him, right? I mean, that's why he's my favorite character. Yeah. I love that it took him until he was like 18 to be like, actually, Albatorix is bad. Yeah. Like, I know 
they mentioned that like he spoke to Galbatorix one time and Galbatorix is such like a seductive speaker that like you fall for whatever he's saying and mm-hmm. it's like well but like before that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I like how this is posed as being like Murkeg's backstory He's like, I'm going to, like, tell you my story. I don't want to stop because it's too painful for me. So, like, everybody get comfortable. And then he talks about his parents for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Aragon says what happens next. And Murkeg says, I grew up. Yep. And then suddenly he, the next thing is when he's 18. And it's like, okay, yeah. so. <laughs> so, like, nothing. All like, right. most of the stuff that you just said happened before you were born. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. Family trauma is, like, definitely a real thing. Yeah. But it's like, oh, this is Murtag's backstory, and it's pretty much just about his mom. <laughs> yeah. His mom and his dad, and then his weapons teacher, and then him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And his creepy uncle, Galbatorix. Yeah, it is. I could do without the part where it's like, Morzan was a piece of shit, but then yeah. my mother obviously fell in love with him. It's like, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. It's like, like he that. probably showed her one kindness, and she fell in love with him. I'm like, I would love for it to be like she was also a terrible like you know manipulative cunning person and she was like hell yeah morzan i'm gonna take you for everything you've got and then they fell in love like that's great i would read the shit out of that much prefer that yeah like maybe they were using each other or maybe he decided morzan decided it would be in his best interests to have someone who's like totally beholden to him and used his like ancient dragon rider evil magic to like force her to be in love with him yeah which like maybe that's what happened May- like yeah true maybe but the way it's presented is like she had no choice but to fall in love with him after he showed her some small kindness and it's like yeah because like the only thing that makes me hope that at some point i don't know this is a weird hope that it's going to be revealed <laughs> that she like has agency and is also like you know a badass <laughs> terrible yeah. villain yeah. Is that like, oh, because of Morzan's training, they were never able to find my mother when she left, you know? Yeah, because yeah, she left for almost a-, a year or a couple of months. How long was it? Yeah. How much do you want to bet it was nine months? Nine months? What? <laughs> 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 Who thinks yeah. that? Oh, dang. Definitely me. Uh, <laughs> but when... Morzan goes off to like fight Brom for Saphir's egg. Murtag's mother also vanishes. And then yeah. Morzan dies, like is killed by Brom, and his mother comes back and then immediately dies. <laughs> no, no, she gets sick. Sorry, within a fortnight she dies. Yeah, she suffers a great illness. Uh huh. Child- grows steadily worse and then died. <laughs> it's weird. It's almost like she had a baby. It's almost that like she had a could baby. Could have been Aragon. Yeah, and then I'm probably so like shocked. hemorrhage to death. Wow, weird. Or she because died. She of a... traveled the day after she gave birth. Oh, she. We've yeah. talked about this. Jesus. Got a horrific infection because only women get infections in this novel. Yeah, men can't die. What are we talking about? Men are immune. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh wait, that's the lie. Brom died. Rip. That's oh, true. You're right. Unless they can only. <laughs> They can only <laughs> die if uh, Aragon cares about them. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah, but but sad boy Murtag can't go anywhere. Sad boy no. Murtag must stay. I know. He's must so good. Stay. He's so tragic. It's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, by the time Murtag's mother leaves and Morzan dies, Morzan is the last of the Forsworn. And it says that the Forsworn died through various means. Suicide, ambush, and overuse of magic. Those are the ones that are li- listed. But mostly it was the work of the Varden. So, like, most of them were killed. But some of them just, like, at least two. Because you mentioned suicide and overuse of magic. At least two of these, like, extremely formidable ancient warriors just, like, killed themselves. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Either intentionally or unintentionally. It's like, well, that's well, a bummer. Like- yeah, the overuse of magic implies some level of altruism, right? Or he was, like, trying, yeah. I'm assuming he, eh, or they were trying to, like, destroy an entire army of the Varden from a distance, like Aragorn was trying to do with the Urgles. Yeah, but um, that, like, to use enough magic that you kill yourself that's true. implies that you're trying to save someone else, you know? Yeah. Which is, like, did the Forsworn actually, like, care? <laughs> About maybe they cared about each other. Each or maybe other? he was trying to save... Again, I keep assuming that this is a man. Uh, I assume that all of the <sighs> Forsworn were men. <laughs> yeah. No, there's going to be one woman. I, probably. Yeah, true. Yeah. One of them was a woman. And yeah. oh my god, and she's it was the worst Selena. of the worst. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's the worst one. But maybe yeah. his dragon died, and then he was like, bah! overuse oh, yeah. of magic. Because that true. seems like something that would happen. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And then Murtag was specifically brought to the palace by the king as a three-year-old and raised. That's mm-hmm. all we learn about his upbringing is that he had one. Just normal stuff. Just normal, <laughs> Just stuff. normal evil king palace stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. a faithful servant who taught him how to use a sword. It's like, man, yeah. when you were talking about your, like, the man who taught you everything you knew who you cared about so much that you named your horse after him when he died, it was like, I was kind of hoping for more of, like, an equal... But, like, servant, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Murtag was being raised to be a servant, essentially, That's you know? That's true. Yeah. Murtag was definitely going to be, like, Galvatorix's replacement Morazan. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was hoping for. And then Murtag ran away, which is good. He's out. He's out. And now he's with the Varden, which is just as bad for him. Which is even worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing that really happens is Aragon and uh, Saphira are like ooh is he telling the truth like I don't know we don't know and Saphira is just like he might be crazy <laughs> yeah. just like, thank wow. you for your pragmatism Saphira, Saphira. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate Saphira's like inhuman practicality sometimes Yeah, I guess yeah. bluntness would be another way of putting it She's yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know, maybe he's crazy. And it's like, okay, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just like, there are so many, like, very specific things that he mentions that are just like, I don't know why you'd be like, well, none of this makes sense. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh. like it all tracks. <laughs> yeah. Well, seems reasonable to me. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor sad boy Murtag. Yeah. Finally... At least finally Aragon lets him go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And should we also go to sleep? Yes. <laughs> it's time for bed. It's time for bed. It's 7.45. I'm thinking 15. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. Sam's going to go to bed, but first we have to guess what's going to happen next. Yeah. So the next two chapters are called The Glory of Trondheim. Trondge. Trondheim. There's a J in there. <laughs> And I forgot how you pronounced it. Ajahad. 
Well, we're going to meet him. the other chapter. I think we're going to meet Ashahad. I think we're going to meet uh, in uh, two Ashahad? chapters. Ashahad? 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 Now I can't remember. <laughs> That's fine. Ashid! Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming Trondheim <laughs> is the place they're in. Yeah, probably. Oh, it's the, the dwarf mine. Yeah, yeah so he's the kingdom under the mountain or whatever. Yeah. Moria. Yeah. yeah. Moria. It's the Lonely Mountain and hopefully inside there's we'll find the Arkenstone. <laughs> hopefully there is not a Belrog. Oh, there no, is no. a dragon. There is there a is, dragon, that's there's true. There is a dragon. And a wizard. And a wizard. But the wizard is super hairless. But I guess, quick before we go, the wizard is not only bald, he doesn't have eyebrows either, which is weird. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh that is weird. I didn't notice that. Or a beard. Interesting. Or a beard. Some sort of magic thing where he's not allowed to have hair, probably. Yeah. It makes him closer to the gods or some shit. Yeah. Makes him too slippery Obvious. for people to catch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, his eyes are really close together, so he might be like a fish. In conclusion of this episode, how everything is a fish. Everything is a fish. Everything is a fish. Exactly. Listen, like it. Taxonomically. Yeah. Uh, all of I these know. things are fish. I well, know. can we well. be sure about the dwarves or the urgles or the. <laughs> If we, we don't know that yet. all vertebrates share a common lineage. Maybe they have an exoskeleton. We don't know. They haven't described what they look like yet. <laughs> Just that they're short. Well, the dwarfs have hair, which implies that they're mammalian. Could be pycnofibers. You don't Could know. Could be convergent evolution. I don't yeah. know. Could be cilia. <laughs> Ooh, to be determined. No. <laughs> I hope it's Sam's not like, cilia. stop I'm, doing this. Yeah, Sam's <laughs> done. Okay. Guys, let's talk about this next week. No, first we're going to talk about what other books we're reading super yes. fast. The, the only book I'm reading is the book I picked up yesterday, which is Locklands by uh, Robert, Jackson Bennett. Robert Jackson Bennett. I'm like four hours in oh, man. to the audiobook. I have no idea what's going on and I love it. Okay. What about you guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have started and stopped so many books because... Uh, uh, COVID, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm just reading Jade War. I've just uh, wait, no, Jade City. I keep Heart's calling like, it. Geez, you're fast. <laughs> no, I know. I keep doing Jade this. Jade War is book two. Jade War is book two. I'm reading Jade City, which it's June, and that's our June Midlight Book Club when we're recording this. So I'm trying to read that. I got the audio book to try to speed things along, and uh, so that is what I am reading. I'm also listening to Jade City because, again, despite the fact that this comes out at the end of August, it is June when we're recording. <laughs> it is June. <laughs> so I've been listening to Jade City and I'm reading Labyrinth of Evil by James Luceno, which is a Star Wars Legends novel. Nice. And that's been kind of fun. And this, normally this is the part where I'd say what we're reading for Midnight Book Club this month, but like, I think this episode comes out on like the last day of August. It so does. Sophie, what are we reading in September? Ah, in September, we're reading Gideon the Ninth. Ooh, <laughs> yay! I, I had suggested it for last year, but then I really wanted to read the 10,000 Doors of January again. So this year, we're reading Gideon the Ninth. Yeah, so well, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis... Consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. 
We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And from Aragon, describing how Sophie and I have been feeling for the past six days in COVID isolation. They were trapped inside, but were they any safer? <laughs> I love it's too real. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Sophie's I feel like any Sophie safer. Sophie is explicitly less safe. She's the air is lava. <laughs>